2: A warmer from the low. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas. With us, go Heaps. With myself, Greg Hughes here. now part of the Houston Family and Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. Just going to wind up making this a two-parter. But we're going to go out to the West Coast. That's where we find Connor Hope. As a matter of fact, he is in the great state of California. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about all that we're seeing with regards to conference realignment. And not just talking about what we're seeing with the L.A. schools heading over to the Big Ten and what we're going to be seeing next season. But how this year we've got some conference realignment sort of the ripple effects that we're seeing in terms of everything and what we can expect moving forward out of college basketball, what teams are this going to be affecting the most? Because I think that that's interesting to take a look at. Is it going to be the teams that are out there in like LA having to travel to the Big Ten or the Big Ten teams are already existing having to travel to California? Also, he's going to be diving into an interesting angle with regards to the refereeing that you wind up seeing from conference to conference that could wind up being a little bit of a bugaboo for some of these schools as well. So I think that that's really interesting to be able to take a look at. It. And that's actually something I wasn't intending to hit, but I'm glad that he wanted bringing that up. So we're going to have a great chat there with Connor in the second segment. Does an amazing job over there at TeachXEBB. I know that they're currently rebranding their podcast, but the opener Off podcast, that's a must listen and you're able to find that podcast wherever you get this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And that's where you're able to find this podcast if you'd like to be able to subscribe and look to download every single podcast every single day, and if you ever have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever, for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to in. First one is my Twitter timeline at JarenScorety1. Keep in mind, letters Yam, yeah. Maybe does not matter, size so for your usual. Please do send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we had a great chat with Connor, and just a friendly reminder continuing all of my conference previews as well. I plan on having the Colonial up within the next few days. I'm going to be doing a deep dive on all 32 conferences and that means that we're going to be taking a look at every single D1 team and whenever we have news and notes in college basketball, we just didn't wind up having a lot of movement on Saturday. I'll be bringing those to you guys as well. But coming up next, we're going to have a great chat with Connor Ope. We're seeing a lot with regards to conference realignment. So I think that this podcast is very fitting for this day. So that's coming up next right here on Coast Soups with myself, Greg Spearson, e. and now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. Welcome Las Vegas, just with myself, Greg Spears, and now a part of the Easton family of podcast. Always a pleasure to have this guest on, as he does a great job over there at Heat Check CBB, and he does a podcast of his own, the Hope and Roth Podcast. You're able to find that podcast wherever you get your podcast, and this man doing absolutely terrific work over there at Heat Check CBB. As it is Connor Hope, and you're able to find him on Twitter. A little bit of a new handle from what we wanted seeing last college basketball season. Hoops, Hope, CBB, all together. And Connor, great to have you aboard. Thank you.
3: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Greg. It's always a pleasure to come on.
2: It's always great to have you aboard. And it is great as to what we've all been getting this college basketball offseason. And we're all buzzing about these big moves that have been happening recently with things like The California schools joining the Pac-12. We've also got everything that's going to be happening out there with the SEC and the Big 12. But we're going to be having quite a bit of this this season. And I do think that it's going to be fascinating to take a look at because it certainly is not going to be an apples to apples comparison or anything like that. But I do think that it's going to give us a little bit of data and it's going to be able to provide just a little bit of a jumping off point as to what to expect when we do wind up seeing the bigger moves in a year and two years from now.
3: Oh, absolutely. And I think when you look at some of these bigger moves that you alluded to, and and the big one over the last week is USC and UCLA uh, heading to the Big Ten, these bigger moves are all about TV money. The amount that the Big Ten is now going to get because they have a presence in New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, LA, and the DC metro area is incredible. These smaller schools that are moving around, those are more competitive institutional fit related moves. There's some of them that are moving around that might be more related to how much money they can get. And obviously the financials have to be there. But I think when you're looking at these two realignment kind of categories, you've got the big kind of Power Five football school moves, and and that could include some of these Group of Five schools being poached into these Power Five conferences. That's all television-related, money-related. Where are they going to be best suited to make the most amount of money? When you're looking at these smaller schools that are moving, those moves from a sports, geography, institutional fit perspective are going to be the ones that when you review them, you look at them and say, That makes sense, right? It's not an L.A. school joining a bunch of Midwest to kind of mid-Atlantic schools in a conference where their closest opponent is going to be in Lincoln, Nebraska. You've got a lot more kind of jockeying around for position that to me, at least on the surface, makes a lot of sense.
2: I'm with you there, and it is going to be very strange to see what we wind up getting out of those LA schools. And at this point, the more I look into it, the more that I can't blame UCLA and USC for deciding to jump ship with regards to joining the Big Ten because you just take a look at what the conference has done in general in both football and basketball. They haven't had a lot of production. Last time a team in football wanted making the college football playoff. That was Washington many seasons ago. And you also just take a look at a look at just the way that things are being broadcast in general. I'm not sure about you, but I'm out here in Las Vegas. And I think that there's about 27 people in the city that have access to the Pac-12 network that is not too terrific. And just with regards to a basketball aspect as well. The Pac-12 has not necessarily been putting out there necessarily a great product. I thought that we would be seeing more change in the offseason in terms of some of these coaches, in terms of guys entering in the transfer portal. So I think that the Pac-12 has nobody to blame but themselves for all of this. And I just think that it's going to be interesting to take a look at the Pac-12 moving forward because I'm not bullish on them in football or basketball, and I won't be able to watch it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think when all is said and done... It would be very surprising to me, and this is putting a little bit of a tinfoil hat, if we see the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the Mountain West all operating at a high level in five to 10 years, right? Or with the plans to operate at a high level. I think the Big 12 are going to start poaching or trying to poach some of those more Central America, Mountain West teams. The Pac-12 is going to start trying to poach uh, some of those West Coast teams. There's a couple of Mountain West teams out there, uh, especially in football, where I feel like they're in the Mountain West for football. And with the reemergence of the Western Athletic Conference when it comes to football and what they have with New Mexico State, as well as some of those teams in Texas, some of these odd Mountain West fits that aren't really competitive in sports, but are there for football, talking about a Hawaii or a San Jose State, could see a move where If the Mountain West starts getting poached with San Diego State, Boise State, Colorado State, trying to move to some of these Power Five conferences, you could see a school like San Jose State join the Big West and be their 12th school in terms of Olympic sports, and then have San Jose State and Hawaii make that decision to to join the the WAC for football only, similar to what Hawaii is doing right now with all their sports in the Big West um, and in the Mountain West. For football only, but I would be highly surprised if Mountain West, the Big Twelve, and the Pac-12 are all operating in a decade at a kind of high level that they have been over the last kind of decade, decade and a half. As far as the Pac-12 specifically goes, people are already started talking about it. You know, it's kind of become pretty clear. But Larry Scott's approach to the Pac-12 network and having half of his money sport games. Basketball and football on the Pac 12 network is what's ultimately going to cost the Pac 12 its position among the other four or among the five kind of Power Five conferences today.
2: I think that we could wind up seeing that moving forward. Now, I'd be lying to you if I had any answers with it, but. I mean, the landscape of college basketball certainly is changing as we do have Connor Hope of HXEBB joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups. And Connor, when I take a look at the Pac-12, I speak of how things have not been going well with them. And it's been so interesting because you take a look at the mid-majors out there on the West Coast and a lot of them have been poaching, ironically enough, from these Pac-12 schools, like we're seeing it with San Diego, you've got Jaden Dallaire and Eric Williams Jr., a pair of guys that they wound up averaging right around 10 points per game in recent seasons in the Pac-12. They are going to be going to San Diego. Andre Kelly, the leading rebounder for Cal, he's going to UC Santa Barbara. You've got Wyoming, who's got three guys coming in from the Pac-12 into their program, so the mid-major schools out there in the West Coast are doing a very solid job of bringing in talent. Meanwhile, You take a look at the Pac-12, no coaching moves made in the offseason, not a lot of players coming in via the transfer portal. Arizona gets a little bit of credit for some late moves. Arizona State has been able to do an okay job as well hitting the transfer portal, but I have been really unimpressed by what we've been seeing out of the Pac-12 with regards to being able to make some changes. Meanwhile, you've got these mid-major schools who have been able to do a tremendous job of adapting with the times and bringing in some talent both in terms of coaches and players.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think when you're looking at some of these poach jobs from from these mid-major conferences, the big one that comes to mind for me, at least, is San Diego, right? And we discussed this, I think, the last time I was on that that Steve Lavin move at the very least brings eyes to this San Diego Toreros program, and and we what we've seen is that it also brought players and very high caliber players to the San Diego program. Uh, the the two big names are Jaden Delaire from Stanford, Eric Williams from Oregon. And while neither of them were stars in the Pac-12, they were still high-caliber rotation Pac-12 players that are now going to be in San Diego with Lavin and put San Diego in a position to once again compete in the WCC. As far as the lack of coaching changes, I think it's it's kind of, it's almost twofold you have certain you have certain programs that are in a good spot you know i'm i'm looking at usc ucla i'll still count oregon there you know i think colorado is operating as well as colorado can you have programs like washington state and, and utah that have new head coaches, they're not looking to make a change. They'll be in that position for a while, and and those coaches will get two to three more years. You have programs like Oregon State where you're running off the fact that while I don't know necessarily if Wayne Tinkle is a high major coach that can compete at that level, you can't forget what he did two tournaments ago, two marches ago. And the fact that he had one of the most successful marches in Oregon state history. The two programs that I'm looking at just kind of scratching my head going, they need to really make a change are Washington and Arizona state. Um, Even Stanford, Stanford is an an Olympic sports school. Stanford has their own issues that every coach has to deal with in terms of recruiting and getting a recruits to meet the standards that it takes to get into Stanford. I'm not saying that Jared Haas is the answer, but every year he seems to get about what we expect out of his rosters. Washington and, and Arizona State, half the time, they have rosters that make you wonder if they're going to be competitive and the other half of the time they have really good rosters, they have really high expectations, and they fall flat on their face. And if either of those two programs or if any program in the Pac 12 was to make a change, it would be those two programs in in my opinion. But we'll see. Both of those schools look like they can be at least be semi-competitive. Washington has some really good uh, players coming in, some interconference rival players coming in, uh, in Noah Williams. They have Keon Brooks coming, Frank Ketnang coming. So they've got some solid kind of promising players coming in. I think that's what bought Hopkins just uh, just another year. Arizona State with, with Bobby Hurley, I think, though, is the one that while they have the Cambridges coming in, um, they have uh, a few other players. It's just, it's not looking good. I don't think that they have a ton of promise they do still have marcus bagley they have you know a couple i think four star recruits coming in maybe one or two but for me if they're not finishing in the top half at least of the Pac-12, that's where you're seeing the hottest seat in the conference.
2: I totally agree with you with Arizona State. It has been a little bit of a mess with Bobby Hurley. I think that they wound up just falling into the trap of saying, oh, who are we going to find that is any better than Bobby Hurley rather than actually doing the search itself? So, Arizona State, I was a little bit surprised there. Washington wound up having a bad year last year, which they wound up losing on their home floor to Northern Illinois, as well as joining me on the podcast. We do have Counter Hope of he EVB, but I do take a look at what we're getting in the whole of college basketball. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I do think that it's going to be really fascinating to see what we wind up getting this year in realignment because all the buzz right now is around these L.A. schools All the buzz is around what we're getting next year with the SEC and the Big Twelve, but I am. Let's remember that we wind up seeing some big moves for this year. Loyola Chicago, they're going to be joining the Atlantic Ten, obviously on a smaller scale. Something like Bryant joining the America East, that is going to be interesting as well, and it just wound up causing a big giant ripple effect in general because you do wind up seeing what I mentioned before, like Bryant going from the NEC to the America East. That's relatively comparable, but with teams like a Belmont going into the Missouri Valley Conference, Southern Utah going into the WAC, do you think that there are going to be some takeaways that we're going to have for the bigger moves that we're going to be seeing in the next two years with the SEC Big Twelve and the New Look Big Ten?
3: Yeah, look, like I said at the at the start, the Bryant moves, the moves that have been happening over the last couple of years with the WAC, these are moves, the planned Loyola Chicago move, like these are moves that make sense they have a lot of good things that could come out of them. You know, if, if they struggle at the beginning, I don't think you're sitting there shaking your head going, What is going on? This was a dumb move. Um, these were well thought out moves that I think are going to, to pan out, and it might not be right away. There's a legitimate possibility that you see USC and UCLA enter the Big Ten just have zero capability in the first couple of years adjusting to Big Ten officiating. And the same with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Because if there's one thing that I've learned watching those two conferences, it's that they are at the two ends of the extreme in terms of officiating. The Big Ten, known for letting everything go. That's why the Big Ten has the conference with the most just massive bigs that bang down low and and really get after each other and and relatively few foul calls in those games. As you see obviously last year was one of the foul the happiest foul leagues in the country. Um, Most of those schools were in the top kind of 50 schools in terms of free throw shooting. And how does how do those big 12 teams adjust when they're joining the SEC. The contrast there, the eyeballs are going to obviously go there and figure out that you know it might work, it might not work from an athletic standpoint right away. I do think that the struggles are going to be greater for these mid-major teams that might be moving up conferences a little bit. If if the, the level of conference is better, the eyeballs aren't going to be there though. So if Bryant finishes in the middle of its conference for the next 2 to 3 years and it can't compete for conference titles nobody's really going to care and and I'm not saying that that that's as a bad thing I just think that Bryant is going to be less under the microscope loyal chicago when they join the A10 is going to be less under the microscope than a team like UCLA that made the final four finished last year as a top 15 team moving to a conference that might be tough for them to adjust to. Not saying that the Big Ten is leaps and bounds better than the Pac-12. It's just different when you go from a conference where West Coast basketball tends to be more fluid, tends to be more about spacing, tends to allow less contact. And now you're moving to one of the two or three most contact heavy leagues in the country.
2: I think that that's such a good point that you do bring up because something that we don't take a look at a lot, is just the way that games are officiated. And Out there in the Pac-12 compared to the Big Ten, a little bit different. And the way that the Pac-12 winds up setting up their rosters as well, Fewer true big men that you wind up seeing in the Big Ten as well, though we have seen a few of those guys like Kofi Cobra move on. It's still going to be a very big, heavy conference this upcoming season as well. And, Connor, I know you're going to be doing a great job taking a look forward at this. And you gentlemen over there at HXBB, I know you're keeping your eyes on everything that's going on with the realignment that is going to be happening for future years, along with the new look conferences That we've got this year as well. You guys do an amazing job being able to keep your finger on the pulse of a little bit of everything. So let the good people know they're able to follow you on social media and everything they've got going on in general.
3: Yeah, you can follow me at Hoops Hope CBB on Twitter. Right now, working on a little bit of a rebrand for the Hope and Ralph podcast. Uh, That will start up probably in August or September. Uh, hopefully, getting more into uh, some YouTube content on top of the podcast on Spotify and and Apple Podcasts. Um, so, looking forward to that. And Heat Check's been working on something pretty big. Can't can't really say what it is right now, but in mid to late September, we're working on announcing something pretty big that I think the fans are going to love.
2: It's going to be absolutely awesome. Heat Checks CBB, every single year, they do wind up doing something that's absolutely incredible. I know that your magazine last year was amazing. And the gentlemen at Heat Checks CBB are guys that just absolutely love basketball. They do a great job of taking a look at it from so many different aspects. And Connor, a big piece of everything that they wind up doing over there. So big thanks to Connor Hope. For joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Veasan Family of Podcast, and a little bit of a shorter podcast today, just because we didn't have a lot of news and notes in college basketball. But if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at June underscore one. Keep in mind, letters yeah. They mean, does not matter. Size, per usual. Please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much. Free. Appreciate it. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day in the offseason, giving you the news and notes of college basketball along with conference previews and then in-season picks and analysis on every single game every single day. So appreciate you guys tuning in today, and I'll be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.